0: To River Church tonight, Wednesday night in March, and we're ministering on talk yourself into the life you love. Talk myself. I'm talking myself into the life I love. I am talking myself. I'm not hoping and praying. I'm not manipulating and controlling. I'm talking myself into the life I love. We are, we are hosting a move of God in Alabama here at River Church, and now we're hosting a move of God in West Liberia. Could y'all say amen? We are, we are Pastor Joe's over there getting ready. He's, he's putting putting walls up and putting a roof on, and, and uh, we're so glad. We are so glad. Hallelujah. Yeah, and got chairs. Praise God. So I want to talk myself into the life I love, but I wanna make sure that I know that I've already talked myself into the life that I don't like. There's things in my life I have gone through and y'all could say amen, and you go, well, that's just bad luck. No, there's no such thing as bad luck. There's action and reaction, and so I've talked myself many times into the life that I did not like, that I didn't realize it at the time, or maybe I just was weak, or obnoxious or ornery or whatever and just said, I'm going to say it, I'm going to to pout, I'm going to have a pity party here, I'm going to just throw me a little fit, uh, not outwardly, but on the inside, I just bucked up. Does anybody relate to just bucking up when you know God's nudging you and moving you into a life that you love, and you just say, I, I don't want to pay that price, I just don't want to go there, and sure enough, the life you didn't love <laughs> came the next day or whatever, So uh, I wrote this down. One day we will all wake up. Maybe not you, maybe not me, but a lot of people will wake up one day and there will not, we will come to the place where we know that we will not have time to do everything we wanted to do. So that's why the Lord said, do what only you can do, so that in order to, do all you're called to do. Now that is powerful. I know people don't like it. I know it's like, well, I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that. It, it takes some introspection. It takes some examining to get that thing right. You just throw it out there and, and people don't like it. Well, you can't say that and this, that, and the other. So if it's beyond you or above you or whatever, it doesn't mean anything. You just put it on the shelf because someday it's going to come back to you. That you should do only what you should do, could do. So that, so that, not just so you'll be a lazy slug on the sidelines, so that you can do. You'll be busier than ever when you stop doing things you're not called to do and start doing the things that you must do. You'll be busier, 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 but it'll be more fulfilling because God's grace, his anointing will be on it. You know, I've done a bunch of stuff that there wasn't any anointing or grace on it. It's like, ah, why are these people mad at me? Why did I run out of money? Why this? Why that? Why did my car break down? It's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Yes. So uh, Debbie always said this, and Deborah Ann brought it to me the other day. She said, live like the light is wide open green. Live like the light is wide open green until or unless you see a red one. Well, you say, well, that's the way everybody lives. That's the way nobody lives. Hardly. We live tepidly, coming up to insane. It's fixing to be yellow. It's fixing to be yellow. It's fixing to be yellow. I better get ready to stop. And so we're all. When I say we, I'm talking about everybody, Uh, living a a hesitant life. We should live wide open. It's green. And the Lord is well able. Well able. He is a good father. Let's not accuse him of not being a good father. He is well able to tell us when something is coming up that we shouldn't be in too early, not the right time, with the wrong person, whatever that's wrong with what we're doing. He is well able to to warn us, to steer us, to guide us. So we should live with our our lives with the light, like the light is green, wide open, green, instead of just Easing along, saying, well, I better go slow. Or you're going to run out of life before you run out of things to do that's supposed to be in your life. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 18. We're talking ourselves. I'm talking myself. Do what you can. But I'm talking myself into the life I love. I'm undoing things that I talked myself into the life I'm not too proud of. I don't like. I don't care for. I should be wealthier than I am. I should be more healed than I am. Well, why aren't you? The word must not have worked. Oh, the word's working. Yes. It was me. Yes. I talked myself into saying, well, I think we'll do this, or I don't want to believe for that, or whatever. And I never told anybody. It's just an attitude. Could y'all say amen? Yes. Yeah, we've all had it, so I know I, I'm talking to me, but I know I'm talking to everybody because we've all had that. Proverbs 18, verse 20 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied... With the fruit of his mouth. Would you say his mouth? His mouth. Would you say my mouth? my mouth? My mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. The increase of his lips. The increase of his lips. Ah, there's no good luck in that verse. In the increase of his lips shall he be fulfilled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I'm telling you this in the B-I-B-L-E. This is God's word. He means it. It's sincere. It's true. It is the way it is, and it is not different than that. That is the way it is. I wrote, I looked up some words. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips. The word there is also translated talk. With the increase of his talk, it's also translated, obviously, words. With the increase of his words, I can control my future. Increase or decrease or just down the road, I, can, I do control it, not can. I do control my life with my words. So we would say, listen, this, this, is, this might be a little tough tonight for us all to just say it's that real, it's that cut and dried, it's that solid, It's not, you know, a little sliding around, a little maybe sometimes that's the way it is, but sometimes it's not. This is how it is. If there's any such thing as gravity, this is how it is. If you believe in gravity, (laughs) if you don't, jump off the roof and you'll say, I'm a believer. (laughs) So uh, uh, with the increase of his words, shall he be filled? Then verse 21 says, death and life are in the power. And I looked up that word power. Because we know what power is in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament it means other things. So I looked up and it, it gave uh, two, four, five different, it gave 25, but I picked out five. Death and life are in the ministry of the tongue. Wow. So it's over, my tongue is over death and life. It ministers, it says, okay, we're going to have life here. And it says, no, the door's been closed. It, the word means service. Death and life are in the service of the tongue. Death and life are in the My tongue is commanding death and life. Well, only God knows. And you know, we, we don't know everything God knows. And in his wisdom, sometimes he just smacks people down. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if there's things that you don't understand about that, for instance, little children and stuff, there is an answer for all of that. We ought to know it. We ought to know what the answer is for uh, little children or for wonderful Christian people that that leave early. Death and life is in the power of somebody's tongue. The word also means strength. Death and life are in the strength of the tongue. So if you don't have a tongue r- working, you're weak. You'll just t- as the wind blows, as the waves go. That's how it's going to go for you. Uh, Death and life are in the order of the tongue. Death and life... Now, this one's interesting. Death and life are in in the creditor of the tongue. The tongue is extending credit to life or death, and we steer the tongue. Isn't that amazing? Interesting. You'll never... You know, you probably won't remember it, but we're imprinting here. I am in the act right now of persuading you to adjust your life. That's what, I, that's what we're all doing tonight, is that we're under the, the Holy Spirit's persuasion, and we're endeavoring to follow Him to change our life in order to upgrade, in order to know what to do with storms that might be coming in tomorrow. You might not have known what we can do to storms, but we're here to, to persuade. So uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue, the tongue there is also the word speaker or talker obviously and they that love it now here's the good word and they that love it though if you look it up in the hebrew it means love it like a friend isn't that interesting they that love like a friend love the speaking of the truth speaking of life like a friend i'm not ashamed of my friends if i was they wouldn't be my friends <laughs> You know what that means. They that love like a friend shall eat the fruit thereof, shall devour the fruit thereof, shall burn up the fruit thereof. This is powerful. The Hebrew brings out a lot of nuances and a lot of uh, things here, but the truth is, the, the bottom line is, I'm in charge. God's not in control, I'm in charge. Now, he's, he's working on me. He's prodding me. He's leading me. The Word's speaking to me. Let's tighten that tongue up. Let's tighten those words up. I want better for you than you do, but I need you to cooperate with me in this. And He says, he says I've got a blank check here. If you can just speak like I speak, we'll have better. So I'm saying... Just do what you will. My words are my life. Can you say that with me? My words are my life. Let's say it again. My words are my life. One more. My words are my life. Well, then after we'd have to say, if you believe that, I have no life apart from my words. I have no life. Well, sometimes I'm just joking around, I'm just fooling around and I say this and I say that, but I'm I don't mean it. Well, you probably don't in that sense, but familiarity will bring it into a place in your life where you do believe it. I could I left so hard I could have died. Well, when we say that, I'm I'm freezing to death in here. So, uh, there was a I've read this story for years about the uh, placebo. Uh, it's so interesting. We don't have time for that, but I'll just tell it anyway. A, a, a homeless man got into a train car, and uh, he could see in there that the air conditioner was in there. It was a refrigerated car. And he started getting cold, and he started writing down things I'm, I'm, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. I, I, I can't live here. And they found him, he had passed. But then they noted with his notes there, they said, the refrigeration unit on this car does not work. But he talked himself into it. That may not be a real good example, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's indicative of we have what we believe and say. And we say what we believe. Now, we'll, we're out of our head, we'll say what we prefer. But the truth is, if you leave us alone, if we put us under stress or pressure, we will say what's down here. You will say it, you will give it up down here. Gun to the head, well, that doesn't have to happen. Just get under some pressure and you will finally break down and say, I'm sick, I've got this and I've got that. Well, you wouldn't say that if you're trying to walk the faith walk, but you'll say it under pressure and it'll come out. So my words are my whole life and I have no life apart from my words. Now that'll just preach all day, but we won't take all day, hallelujah. For instance, let's just take something that we've been doing here recently. Do you, don't answer, do you believe there's plenty more where that came from? Well, all of us would assent to that like, well, yeah, we want that. So we assent to that because we want that. But then when it comes to things, actions, life, we don't necessarily conform to there's plenty more where that came from. It could be, could be, that we've never come to grips where that is. It's really difficult for people that work for an hourly wage to buy nice things because automatically they compute. Here's a $100 whatever watch. She wants this watch, and he's going to get it for her. And goes in there to the store, and it's $100 dollars. And immediately, if he makes $20 an hour, he's thinking, he thinks, he thinks. That's five hours before deducts, before holdouts. That's five hours. And suddenly he sees himself working five hours under the roof or under a hood or or whatever, whatever people do, waiting tables. And he can't do it because the came from, plenty more where that came from, the that is what he does for a living. But if you know, if you know, you train yourself, and I've been training myself for 40-something years to throw off lack, throw off poverty, and you'd go, well, Pastor, you don't have no poverty. You don't know how I think sometimes. The temptation that comes, just like it comes to you, to say, no. Because we don't really believe there's plenty more where that, came from. We're still in this realm of, that takes five hours. We're in this realm where I'm figuring the rent, I'm figuring the groceries, I'm figuring, figuring, figuring. Well, that's not plenty more where that coming. Now, we're not talking about being foolish here. We're not talking about just like, ah, whatever, if it comes up and I want it, I'm going to do it, because there's plenty more where that came from. That's not where we're going, and that's not what we're saying. But there is an attitude, a, a, a posture where we don't ever get in fear. We may say it's not wisdom at this time to buy that. But, it's, but there's plenty more where that came from, and we're going to just adjust while it's coming. But we know, we know there's a river flowing. I'm in the middle of the river. I, I walked out into the middle of the river, and it's coming, and it's 25 miles, this river in front of me. It's going to take days and days and days to, to run that river, and it'll just keep flowing. Well, that's the river we're in. There's plenty more where that came from. Now, you go, well, that's fine-tuning. That's picky. It is. And if you don't want to pick, you don't want to fine-tune, then you'll just live by $20 an hour and do the best you can and keep your life clean and don't, don't hurt anybody and pay your debts and, and all that, and you'll go to heaven. But if you want to live like heaven's on earth, it's going to be a little fine-tuning because it's hidden, It's hidden for us. And if you're not willing to dig for it, if you're not willing to purge for it, if you're not willing to adjust for it, to bring it into your life, you'll not have it in your life. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1. Can you turn to Genesis with me? Chapter 1. Let's look in verse 20, 20, uh, 28. Now we're going back to the beginning, y'all. This is way back. This is this is before fire and the wheel and mother-in-laws, everything like that. Hallelujah! It says in verse twenty-eight of Adam and Eve, God blessed them and God said unto them, "Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it." And subdue it. The word there is conquer. Subdue the earth. Well, from the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Wadites, there was none of those people. So there was a there was a God had given him to tend the garden, and he said, I want you to subdue it and have dominion over. And then he lists what there was, the fish, the fowl, and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So man is given dominion over what? All creation. Would you say it with me? All creation. No exceptions, no... No big bears or no financial things that are bigger than our pay grade over all things. So let's, let's look in chapter 2, verse 19. Now, we just looked at what he had dominion over, the fish, the birds, and every creeping thing. Verse 19, and out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. Look, 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 and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, look, look, that was the name thereof. Final answer. He, if he called it a hog, it's forever a hog. If he called it a, a, a parrot, there you got a whole family of parrots. He named everything. Now, what's the purpose of that? Uh, the principle of the naming, because this is in Genesis 1 and 2. So it's real important. The, more, the closer anything is to Genesis 1-1, the more weight and importance and levity it has in the whole kingdom. He's setting up the foundation here, and everything works on the foundation. So the closer to 1-1, the more important it is. And here we see in 1 and 2 that he's talking about Adam naming birds and fish. You go, well, Lord, how important is that? Could we have left that to chapter 6? And kind of got some important stuff in. It is important, and so in uh, everything was named, and in that naming, everything had authority. Everything was vested in the name that Adam named it, and it could not go out. Fish could not fly. Birds could not swim. It was a fish or it was a bird, and it was named such, and everything that was named had parameters, boundaries, borders, limitations, and it had to live in that. If you were named by Adam, you fit a description that uh, marked you for the rest of your species. You know, alligators were probably back then, and doggone, they're still just ugly as they can be now as they were back then. They, They hadn't changed anything. So... Everything that was named had an authority in that name. Now, what does Ephesians 119 say? Well, you can look there, or I can read it. Well, we'll look there and read it. Ephesians 119, we're, we're, we're talking about talking yourself into the life you love. Man, I want to. I want to talk myself. If there's a life I can love... And I'll pay any price for it. Because what else is there down here? Who who else are you going to please besides God and yourself? I mean, really. You please yourself by pleasing others, working for others, sharing with others, giving to others. But that pleases us. So it's really, if we don't get it down here, what is it? Well, he said, well, talk yourself. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Pay attention to what you say. Well, I can do that. I can do that. There's some things I can't do. I can't lift like I used to. I can't run like I used to. There's things that, that have, have got out of my vapor trail. Hallelujah. But my mouth is working just fine. Is yours? Yes. No, if anything, better than ever. So it says in Ephesians 1.19, it says... What is, and, and it's a discourse here, and we're going to just jump in, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Y'all believe that if they just said God's power, that would have been plenty? But here they say, yeah, no, it's not just regular God creator, he owns everything, can do anything power. It's his mighty power, oh my which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Look, look, what happened? And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion. Oh, oh, here it is. And every name that is named. Let's, let's go back. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and Every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. So here we have it. He has a name that's above every name, and the every name cannot change its status. It's limited to its name, and it must respond. It's just the way it is in the kingdom. It must respond to different levels of authority. Now, it doesn't explain this exactly, but you can see it right there. He says, I gave him the best name of all. And his name is above every name. Well, we saw in Genesis that he said, Adam named everything. So if Jesus says we have authority over all the things that Adam named, then we are in charge in the name of Jesus. Let's look in uh, uh, Philippians 2. You're right there, just slip east. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Verse 9, wherefore? This is the same story, just a different, he's sending it to a different church. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. How, Lord, did God highly exalt Jesus and given him a name that is above every name? Oh my! I thought it would be a crown and he could boss angels and he could smack the devil and he's, he's the man, he's in charge, he's whatever. God said, no, it's not that complicated. I'll just give him a name that's above every name and he'll have dominion over all of it because of his name and their name. I saw a movie the other day that said uh, somebody was chasing after somebody that had, was running away, obviously. And they said, in the name of the emperor, in the name of Caesar, stop. And I, my lightning fast brain clicked right there saying, back then you could say, in the name of the justice of the peace, and you better pick it up, because nobody's stopping for that. In the name of the senator, in the name of the repre- in the name of the governor, nobody's slowing down. but in the name of the emperor Caesar, all power and authority was given to him. Now they didn't slow down, but, but the, 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 the cause was there that if, if you don't stop, everything that's in Caesar's sway is coming against you. Justice peace might just whack you and give you a $20 fine, but the emperor, he could take your life. Well, here we see the name of Jesus is the name that's above every name. Uh, verse, uh, let's see, let's keep going there. Where did I go? Uh, chapter 1, no, chapter 2, verse 9. We already did that one. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Can you say every Every knee should bow of things in heaven. Oh, we're going to get it all in things in earth and things under the earth. So the word things there is it's, it's not in the original, but it'd be better translated beings, beings. And so we could say of beings in heaven and beings in earth and beings under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Let's see. That's all we're going to do. Yeah, that ought to do it. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee should bow. Every knee. So, so now we go back to Proverbs. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I position myself. I put myself because we're we're more arbitrary because we've changed identities. We, we were just dust, dirt that had been mashed together in the man, Adam, and then God gave him a name and then God told him, you're over everything. You go name everything. Your name is above everything else's name. See that? It's kind of like he was the creator, deputy creator because he named it. He positioned everything and they couldn't be more than that. Mosquitoes could not run in herds and, uh, and like elephants, they're mosquitoes. I wish he'd have done something else with those, I can tell you. Hallelujah. So he's given him a name which is above every name, that every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now there's the dominion right there. Jesus is over everything that's named. His name is above every name. He hath highly exalted him. Well, what about you and me? I've got a name now. It's not based on things I've done, but it's based on who I am with that did some things. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He, he defeated the devil openly. He broke the curse that was against us, and death has, been, has lost its sting. So, hey, I'm a yeah, buddy, something else. I didn't do anything, but I stepped into him after he stepped into me. And so he gave us his name. Well, what is that? <laughs> That's everything. There's nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. We just saw scripture where God said, I'm going to give him the grand prize. He's, he's number one on the podium at the Olympics. He's, he's standing the tallest. And everyone will look to him for everything. So how do you exercise dominion? And authority, how do we release it in our lives? Well, we put on a shield, we put on a helmet, we, you know, we whatever, we have these secret weapons. Ah, that sounds too complicated for God. Uh, we dominate every name that is named by that great name, Jesus. That is the source of your authority. And you ha- if, you don't, if you can't speak, you're in trouble. You can't think it. You can't wish it. You can't intend for it. You can't, uh, you got to say it. And here's the truth. You know, in James chapter 4, verse 7, I think it says, uh, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, sometimes we think, well, I resisted him. He didn't flee. Yes, he did. Because if there's anything going on in God's kingdom, it's the alignment and the dominion and the power, the authority that is, that is, that is cast by name. You are your name. And that's why we say in identification in the Lord Jesus, when we know who we are, then we know what we have, and we know what we can do. But we don't know. If you don't know who you are in Jesus, then you don't know if devils are going to flee. You're going to resist them, and they're going to say, ha-ha, I'm still here. Or you're going to speak to lack or, or, or sickness or whatever. And if you don't know who you are, then you don't know what you have, and you sure don't know what you can do. And devils just laugh, but most of the church does not know who they are. Would you all agree with me there? You've, have you met those folks? i met ourselves at one time. So nothing can refuse the authority that's in the name. So when we say devil come out, in the name of Jesus, you know what's happening. Well, what if it doesn't? It can't not. Gravity will cease, the sun will not shine before the word and the name of Jesus can fail. Now, you got to get that in. I mean, all of us just got to get that in and say, well, you know, it's a little cloudy, a little murky, a little fog. No, it's, that's the way it is, period. And there's a lot of funny business going on in the earth, but that's not the funny business. That is absolutely it. So here's what I wrote down. There are things in our lives that are just one dec- te- decree short of happening. Let me say it again. There are things in our life that are just one decree short of happening. Well, I don't know if I'm going to have any good luck this week, and I, don't, I, got, I know the boss, and he's going to get me in with the big boss. or what? No, it's not that. It, that might work, and it does work, and things are done, but that's not who we are. That's who the world is, and they have to finagle and... and uh, Scratch and claw, but we don't. I got just a few seconds here. You're right there in the Philippians. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 3, please. Let's pull this together. This is as powerful as it gets right here. What we're talking about tonight is your life. This is your life. You go, I'm taking me a course here, and I'm taking me, reading me a book there, and I'm listening to some tapes over here about this. Well, yay, yay. But if you know that and don't know this, you are still, you're out in the desert without a drink. This is it. And the thing is, the thing is, I can do this. It's not like I've got to join a a bunch of monks and go up in a monastery and, you know, do without and fast and all. Nope. Just open my little mouth, which seems to be open most of the time anyway. And fill it up with the stuff that God says. Do let's, let's, let's call things as God calls them. Not call them like we see them. You know, that's, what I, that's the saying. I just call them like I see them. Well, where does that get anybody? We ought to call them like God sees them. And then shut our mouth. Ephesians 3.20, you know this. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, oh my, abundantly, Oh, my, above, wow, all that we simply and merely ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, in us, in us. It's me. It's not God. God is not in control of my life. Now, he put everything there for me to line up and get born again, get spirit-filled, get healed. It's out there, and he did it. Through the Lord Jesus, he did it. But... It'll be there when I go to heaven, untouched, right. if I don't know what happened exactly. and go and get it yeah. myself. That's right. If I don't agree with God, I'm, I'm disagreeing with God. Right. If I don't agree that by his stripes I was healed, I'm disagreeing. I'm saying, it didn't happen. Well, I believe. I just don't know. No, you don't believe. Because we do, listen, listen, we do everything we believe and nothing more. So, this is is kind of a stiff one, but we're we're in the the deeper life class. We're in the the go-for-it class. But Ephesians 3.20, if we refuse to operate by faith in the mind of Christ, let me just say it, because you might agree, you might not, it's sin. Because he says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So if we refuse to put on exceeding, abundantly, above Oh, that God can ask and think. No, according to me, what I can ask or think. Wow, if I refuse that, if I buck that and say, no, I don't believe that. I believe it's a spiritual saying. It's it's something that was in the translation that was lost. All the things that people have already said. Well, yeah, now let's see how it's working for them. You don't believe it? How's that working for you? Well, you're not having it. But for us not to put on the mind of Christ, now you know we've done some series on thinking big in small places, and thinking big in small places is a challenge, because we have to arrest what we're seeing and feeling, and we have to arrest that and, and resubmit it to the Word. But what would be worse than that is thinking big, excuse me, thinking small in big places. What's, what's a big place? Exceeding, abundantly, above all. That's a big place. Like, like what, what word would you or I add to make it bigger than exceeding, abundantly, above all? That's as big as there is. I mean, I, and if you don't like that, well, go get in the Greek and it'll tell you even more. It's, it's this long and this wide. God meant it. You read it in the Passion and you'll almost cry because God loves us so much that he said, I'll do it every way you can think and several that you never thought of. So uh, authority, now listen, authority is not liturgical. You can't get a, a an incense censer. You can't put on the pointy hat. You can't uh, do, uh, do communion where we fold at this and fold at that and the the special cup and the holy water... Faith is not liturgical. It's not in form. It's not in form. It's a spiritual act. And when you lay hands on something, if you don't impart, then you're liturgical. Liturgical, liturgy, which is the form of religion. We wear these robes and we, you know, there's churches around here that you can't preach in their pulpit unless you're licensed by their denomination. You can't. you can't. Don't touch it because you're not licensed. You didn't go to school. Well, people like me blow that up every day. I had not been anywhere for anything for any length of time. So it's not liturgical. It's not rote. It's like Brother Hagin always said, empty hands on empty heads. The head was there, the hands were there, but there was no transaction. So we have to have a transaction. How do you have a transaction? You know who you are. These hands have healing power. How do you know that? Because I know who I am. And he gave me healing hands. How about you? You got healing hands? They're all over you. you. You cannot know who you are and not have healing in your hands. I give and it's given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Every time I give, there's a transaction. Now, you could give and be separated from your money and... Nothing would happen, but it's a spiritual act with me. I'm transacting. Hallelujah. Okay. Mark 11, 23 says, don't go there. Does not doubt in his heart. Did y'all remember that? Does not doubt in his heart, verse 23, but believes those things which he saith shall come to pass. What's the next part? He shall have whatsoever he saith. So there's no schism or division in that. He's saying, get it right. We talk about the telephone, 10 digits. You've got to get them all in perfect order. You can't mess up and fumble around with two or three. You're going to be talking to Shanghai. It's not going to be good. They're going to charge you for that. So uh, there's no double-mindedness. When you lay hands on, when you transact with your offering, come in here and transact your offering on Sunday morning and say, this is a bucket, this is an envelope, this is a check with ink on it. It is also natural and also unspiritual. But I'm putting my faith on it, and I'm putting a spiritual act into action. And I will have a transaction which will produce a reaction. So you can do whatever you want. You can come in here and just be separated from your money because other people are doing what you're doing. You're you're just saying, well, they wrote a check and put it in. They're blessed. I'll I'll just write a check and put it in too. Ah, it's more than that. It's my words. I energize my offering with my words. I activate it to be what God called it to be, a seed. And I send it away in authority that though lack is around me, need is around me everywhere, yet my seed with my words empowers this seed to bring a harvest in 30, 60, 100 fold. So how powerful are you? The name that's given that's above every name, he gave it to you. Well, how do I exercise it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I exercise the name of Jesus with my mouth and my believing heart. I got so much. I I just now got to the good stuff. Jesus. We have to own the words that we speak. We have to own them. This is, this is what I say, and it's coming out of not me, but who I am in him. Therefore, it'll come back to me, not based on me, but who I am in him. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, that, that used to bother y'all. It used to bother me. I'm the righteousness of God. But now I, I whip that sword out and I pull that gun out and load it all the time and, and put it in my holsters and just, just dare condemnation or shame or guilt to come across my path. Amen. Well, we're glad you came in this evening to River Church. want to welcome you in Sunday morning. Uh, I can't say for sure, but uh, we're probably going to talk about the always-answered asker, just because that's safe this day. (laughs) God bless you.